where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast alongside Alex Jones. I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. As the Bills get set for their season home opener, taking on the Oakland Raiders, of course, fresh off a Monday night defeat in overtime to the New York Jets, 22-16, the final score. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Alex, all game long, uh, well, especially second half, and as the game ended, the way Josh played, the way everything happened, I had thoughts and flashbacks back to the 2021 season opener where the Bills lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game where they were favored to win and end up just playing a stinker. I thought that's what this game was. I think there was just a lot of rust on this team. I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet. No, Brad, it's very funny you say that. That's exactly how I felt as well. It felt like that game almost to a T where the Bills have a lead they, they should be beating an opponent who is, you know, at the skill positions good, but at the quarterback positions lacking. And they just, for whatever reason, I, I haven't looked at the stats. It just also feels like Sean McDermott and the Bills organization under Sean McDermott aren't a good week one team. And, you know, it's, I, it's all anecdotal, but I don't know why. It just feels like this team has lost a fair amount on opening day. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they rebound against the Raiders. They're favored by eight points, um, which I, I feel like is a generous spread for the Raiders. Um, and it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes together or if they continue to fall apart. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, of course, didn't look himself in this one, but you know what? He, you know, didn't have a lot of reps in the preseason, and it felt like, I don't know about you, that he was trying to win the Super Bowl on every single throw that they say arm arrogance. It's a lot of arm arrogance in a bad way in this one that he thought he could just make any throw, and I think a lot of this is going to get cleaned up, I would think, just watching film this week, watching where he had opportunities, where he had guys open, where you could see him going through his reads, seeing that guy open, and then instead taking a shot downfield and you know trying to play hero ball, if you will, that I think a lot of this, I would hope at this point, the way that the Bills have been great about making adjustments from game to game, that it's cleaned up in film. Yeah, I would completely agree, Brad. I, I think it's going to be one of those times where you, you sit there on Monday morning watching that film and you're just sort of got your head in your hands. Just it, it just didn't feel good for the Bills, especially for Josh Allen, who, like you said, felt like he was going out there to win the Super Bowl on every single throw. And I, I you know, it, it's hopefully a learning experience. You know, hopefully the Bills can, you know, and Josh Allen can treat this as if it's like, hey, you know what? All right. This is where it's going to this is our low point. This is our worst game. It almost feels a little bit like that uh, Colts game, too, from that 2021 season. There were there were a few bad games there that were. season. There were. 
Um, and so it, it is one of the times where, you know what, it, it'll be interesting to see if this team can come together, um, because I think that's going to be a real determination here. It could be that the Bills are, um, you know, this is kind of the galvanizing point where, you know what, yeah, we've heard a lot all offseason this team needs to get to the Super Bowl, but the truth is how you get there is you just, to use a baseball metaphor, you just go up and make contact. You don't have to hit a home run every single time. You just go up to make contact. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, how, if the Bills continue just because you, you saw it across the board too, Trey White making some crucial errors on multiple runs that led to Brees Hall having like 120 yards and three snap and three touches. Um, so it is, it, it, it's going to be, you know, see how this team really comes together and what happens um what happens you know it, it, this is a game against an inferior opponent like just being honest they have max crosby who's an incredible edge rusher um they should have chandler jones but somehow their team's really screwing that one up um and it'll be you know it's just going to be if the bills don't come together here it is a legitimate cause for concern. It is legitimately like, okay, moves need to be made. There's something needs to be done because this cannot continue to happen. Before we get into the Raider game too much, let's talk a little bit more about Monday Night Football and what happened there in the Meadowlands. You can't not talk about what happened to Aaron Rodgers. Four plays and out. He's done. Done for the season. Torn Achilles. You know what, I, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I absolutely do. I do not want to see anyone get hurt. But I, I feel like it's just kind of so Jets for something like this to happen. It is, and it is also so Bills for the Bills to lose to the Jets. Yeah, right? You know, it, it feels like the natural order of things that the Bills would lose to the Jets after Aaron Rodgers gets injured and is done might be it might be the last time any of us see Aaron Rodgers play football. Yeah. Like he, he an Achilles injury is an Achilles injury is no joke. And especially for someone who's I think he's forty years old. So it, it's it's a time when you gotta you it's it's gonna be one of those times they really look, you know, Aaron Rodgers is really gonna look at his you know, his life and the amount of work he gets back and and kind of will he ever get back to where he once was, you know? Will he be a guy who can come back from a horrific, horrific injury? It's it's just that's the truth. That's the only way to describe it is Achilles tears are no joke and one of the hardest injuries to recover from, let alone get back to original performance. Yeah, and you know what? I heard someone mention this, that, you know, they brought up Dan Marino had a similar injury, uh, you know, in his early 30s, and it took him two years to get back to form from that. You know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, 39 going on 40 here. You know, he's one of the older quarterbacks in the NFL. Who knows if he comes back from this? And I think that, you know, it's really tough for Jets fans. You know, the Bills found their quarterback through the draft, and – Jets fans were finally had some hope, you know, they get a Hall of Fame quarterback. And in a very ironic twist, if this is uh, Aaron Rodgers' last snap, he will have the dubious, another dubious task of 
basically following the same thing Brett Favre did, which is one season with the New York Jets. Brees Hall in this one looked really good. I think we knew he was good as a rookie last year. Is it on the Bills' run defense at all in this one? Do you take anything away, or was it just simply, you know, that that long run, that eighty-plus yard run in the first half? Was that is it just missed tackles? It was missed tackles. Trey White and Jordan Poyer both did not take good angles to the ball, um, and I think it was just on both of his long runs, the first and the second. He, you know, the, the defense didn't do. Everyone did not do their job. There were a few guys who you can very clearly see on film did not do their job. And it's really unfortunate because when you have guys who may be a little gun shy, it, it really just felt like the worst possible game the Bills could have played. Like they just played as bad as possible and somehow got it into overtime. Genuinely played the worst game, like whole football wise, I've seen the Bills play in quite some time. And they ended up losing in overtime. So it, it is one of those things where, in all honesty, you know, the, the Bills lost and it's disappointing and doesn't suck 100%. But at the same time, like, you, you kind of got out of that one. No one was seriously injured by Matt Life's wildly dangerous turf. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It... it you got to look at that as a win. You know, you got to look at that and say, you know what? Uh, we got out of this unscathed. And would we prefer a win? Absolutely. You 100% um, prefer a win. But at the same time, you are okay saying, you know what? Um, I No one was seriously injured. Everybody survived. And you know what? We'll, we'll live to fight another day. All in all, in this one, understand it was against, you know, a poor Jets offensive line, but I, I thought the defense looked solid overall in this one. Uh, they were getting after the quarterback. Uh, obviously, Leonard Floyd got home on Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, they were forcing pressure, I think, all night long. You know, one and a half sacks for Leonard Floyd at Oliver, credit with a half sack as they came up on one together. But we saw pressure. We saw guys getting after him. Jordan Poyer, uh, not Jordan Poyer, uh, Jordan Phillips getting in the background. I mean, Rousseau, Gru was in there a lot. All in all, I like what I saw of the defense. Say something about Christian Benford. That should have been a touchdown by Brees Hall. That was an unbelievable effort to get down the field, chase him down and stop him. I wasn't disappointed by the way the defense played in this one. No, I, I think they recovered, in all honesty. They, they, but that's sort of the hallmark of this defense, right? Is you you bend, you don't break. That, that's this how this whole system is built. You're going to bend, you're not going to break. And so it, it's exciting to see, you know, the pass rush really start to come together. You know, defensive line and linebackers really taking tearing it up. And, and an interesting point I saw from someone from WGR, um, I forget who on Twitter, it was why didn't McDermott blitz um, Zach Wilson more? You got this guy feeling uncomfortable. He's coming in unexpected, you know, not expecting to play. And it is, you know, kind of, kind of is what it is. You know, I don't understand why you don't pressure that guy more. 
we 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 don't put more pressure on them. Um, and, and that why why don't you do that? Why don't you attack a young guy who's coming in who didn't expect, who didn't get a ton? And we saw them really drop back into coverage. You know, we heard all off season, hey. This Bills team is going to be more aggressive. They're going to be more aggressive. They're going to be more aggressive. And then we didn't see like any blitzes. When you have a young quarterback in who needs to throw the ball, you weren't blitzing. You weren't getting guys home. And in all honesty, uh, that was one of the big things by the defense I was really disappointed with is it seemed like McDermott, it, it, it seemed like everybody was almost playing scared where they're like, now, oh, Aaron Rodgers is out. Now we have to win. And it, it just gets back to that mentality of go out there and just make contact football. You don't need to go out there and hit home runs. Just make a stop. Just just get the ball in play and then figure it out from there. And, you know, we don't see it all the time from a McDermott team, especially, you know, once they got past 2018 or really past 2019, this team has been able to put up points and win sizable games here. But it felt like in this one they were playing the game to not lose. Yeah, it, it really did. It, it felt like they were playing scared. And in actuality, you need to play hungry. You need to go and you need to go in for the, you know, as, as I say, you got to make contact. You also have to play, hey, you know what? We're going to go out there and win. The, you know, it, it just felt like everybody was scared. It felt like the moment was almost too big, that there was a bit of a hangover from last year's divisional round. It, it feels like that carried over. And you know, this upcoming game against the Raiders is really going to tell the tale of that. You know, it's really going to show, hey, is this going to be a consistent theme? Or is this team now snakebitten? Or can they overcome the difficulties of week one and move on to the future? Because uh, I predict the Raiders are going to do the exact same thing. The Jets did. They're going to run those exact same plays who were successful with Josh Jacobs and say, hey, Buffalo, I dare you to tackle us. We're going to attack the people who did not play well, and we're going to say, you know what? Let's see if they can do it again. And guys got to step up. Otherwise, it's going to be there's going to be a lot more hurt and pain in Buffalo. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Find us across our social media platforms on Facebook at facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Find us on Twitter at TWCallahanDHS at DHS Buffalo. You can find me at Bills Bruiser. And, of course, find us online at DraftHouseSports.com. And, uh, you know, I kept thinking back to words that you had said to kind of paraphrase you, Alex, back in 2021 following the Pittsburgh Steelers game that – you know, this week, Josh needs to just go out and sling the ball around with his boys. You know, just go and, you know, play that kind of backyard football mentality. I wouldn't say take the risks, of course, that he did last week, but just go out there and have fun and not so much worry about what the headlines say. Trying to win an MVP or a Super Bowl in every single throw, but taking what the defensive give you, you know, doing what Josh Allen does great, you know, not, you know, trying to grind out extra yards when you already have the first down. You know, McDermott pointed to his head a couple times against Josh and told him, you know, play smart in this one. And, uh, you know, it was 100% as, you know, they've said on Good Morning Football, sugar high Josh Allen that we saw in that game that I would hope in this one we see a completely, you know, calm, poised, and ready to just come in and do business Bills team uh, in this week two matchup against the Raiders. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, we got to have, and I, I think a little bit, uh, Brad, on the backyard sling the rock, I think I want to see it more like a game of catch where it's just Josh sitting there, hey, four yard out, four yard dig, six yard slant, yeah. and just go through methodically and just pick apart the defense. So far, we've seen Dalton Kincaid just doesn't drop the ball. He was targeted, I think, six times in six catches. Excellent, excellent game for him. Diggs is Diggs. He's fantastic, great in the game, and you know what? He does what he does. He, he just gets open. Davis, Hardy, Sherfield seem like nice pieces. Get the ball to him when you can. But in actuality, you took Dalton Kincaid in the first round to do to be your number two wide receiver. And Dawson Knox just looks like he's done. He's doing what he always does. He makes good catches, makes some great blocks, gets open underneath. And you know what? I can't complain about any of those guys. The receivers looked good during the game. There were no drops. There weren't any plays. You were like, oh, he should have had that. Mm-hmm. Josh just needs to go out there like he's in warm-up line, uh, warm lines. Hey, slant, hitch, come back. And then as the defense sucks up, also I'd like to see the run game get involved more. I thought James Cook looked good. He looked good out of the backfield. He looked like he had some juice in his legs. And it just seemed like as the game went along, they got more and more almost shy with using him as a tool as well. You talked about some of the receivers there, and I just want to, you know, pinpoint on one of those. Trent Shurfield, I don't recall him. Nothing in the stat line. I don't recall him even being targeted on that point. Um, that I would like to see him get some catches in this one. I think that he was a viable piece that they brought in after spending last year with the Miami Dolphins. That I want to see the Shurfield effect in this. I want to see, obviously, more of Dalton Kincaid. I don't think they went to him enough. We know what Stefan Diggs can do, and I think – Gabe Davis needs to hold up his own in this one as well. So three names there, Davis, Kincaid, and Shurfield. I want to see what those guys do in the receiving game this weekend. A hundred percent. I mean, Kincaid just looked great. Like he was exactly as advertised. He was a sure-handed guy. He didn't miss anything. He, he got himself open. And you know what? Like he looked phenomenal. He just looked like a elite prospect and the guy you take in the first round which for the Bills first round picks recently has been a bit difficult. You know, Kair Alam was inactive for the Jets game and unfortunately so it, it seems like that's going to be a miss but you know what? The the team the, the team found something in Dalton Kincaid um, and it's something the Bills really haven't ever had. Dalton Kincaid looks like an elite, elite tight end and Genuinely, it's something I don't think the Bills have ever had as an organization. I mean, there's been some good tight ends that have come through. Obviously, Pete Metzlars is one of them, one of the best uh, in the Bills. Jay Reimersma. Jay Reimersma. I love Jay Reimersma. Um, you know, but at the same long. time, you know what one of those one what, what one of those guys was like? Hey, this guy's arguably the best at his position right now. Because at, obviously it's a bit of an overreaction, but at the moment, that's what it looks like Dalton Kincaid has the opportunity to do. Dalton Kincaid looks like he has the opportunity to be one of the most elite players at his position. And I understand it's early, it's after one game, but at the same time, he is still 
he is exactly as advertised. He, you know, when everybody you heard draft people talk about him, he was a guy who's like, hey, he's got crazy hands. He makes the smart plays. He's a great route runner. And then you see it on the field and you're like, nope, that's exactly as advertised. It's exactly what we thought he would be. He got open. He made plays. He was even good in the downfield. Um, he was even down, like doing a great job downfield blocking. He had a pancake on the Dawson Knox first down. Mm-hmm. You know what? He he played a great game. Um, the deep, you know, it, it, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to develop through the year and can he keep up the trajectory after one game or will he fall back dirt because as much as we've seen the bills kind of utilize and then non-utilize and utilize and not utilize um rookies throughout the years he feels different he feels like a guy they're like nope you are going to be on the field during our most important downs all right Let's go ahead and get into the injury report here. Bills Raiders coming up Sunday from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. A 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, only one name in the Bills uh, injury report. It's Mitch Morris, and they even lifted the injury. He's not showing anything. He's been a full participant. believe it was a, a finger injury. He's been fine. So the Bills look healthy going into this one. A lot of injuries to report on the Raiders' side. Uh, Devontae Adams missed practice yesterday uh, with a foot injury. He was a full participant participant today. That looks good. DeAndre Carter, uh, who has had a knee injury, didn't practice yesterday. He was limited today. Jimmy Garoppolo, limited yesterday with an ankle injury, full participant. But Chandler Jones has not practiced. Jacoby Myers did not practice out of a concussion. Uh, Jordan Meredith, uh, their guard, calf injury did not practice he was limited yesterday um so a lot of injuries here on the raiders and i'm curious how much that's going to bite them going into this one against a team who i think is going to look to you know as ted lasso would say have the memory of a goldfish and come in guns a blazing here in week two i think it's going to hurt him a lot jacoby that jacoby myers injury he was looking fantastic you know he's getting great separation you know he's a former dolphin and patriot a guy we've become rather acquainted with seeing him in the AFC East. He looked very good as Devontae Adams, number two. He looked like a very good number two wide receiver. And he that was a, that was a scary hit. Scary hit, scary injury. And what it allows teams, especially the Bills, to do is to rotate that defense over the top and just sit on Devontae Adams and say, all right, throw it to quite literally anyone else. You got Fabian Moreau. And who else? Find somebody else, throw it to him. We'll, we'll bracket Devontae Adams. And even though Devontae Adams is good enough where even bracketing him is going to be difficult, to say the least, um, but it's going to make it much harder for Jimmy G, who's a guy who at times isn't great with the ball, to find his only real remaining option. So we talk about the Bills losing. The Raiders won last week. They are 1-0 coming in off a very close 17-16 win over the Broncos. They got a lead in the fourth quarter after trailing. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was 20 of 26, 200 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. Josh Jacobs, 48 yards on 19 carries. 
And then uh, Jacoby Myers, who we talked about, could be a big blow not having him there. He led all players for the Raiders in receiving yards, 81 yards on nine receptions. Devontae Adams was second with 66. And then you go Josh Jacobs and Austin Hooper from there. So, I mean... Not, not great numbers, a close victory, but, you know, you don't get style points in the NFL. You win or you lose, or sometimes you tie. And the Raiders walked away with a win here. Uh, but, again, it's saying something that they're coming into Buffalo eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. And I think eight-and-a-half is generous. I think that's how bad the Bills were, or were was the big. We'd like to lay more points. We cannot. We cannot. After seeing the Bills' performance, genuinely look at them and say, you know what? These guys are multi, uh, multi-digit multi favorites. Uh, I think the two things from Sunday, the Broncos look horrible. The Raiders look decent. Because the Broncos should have won that game by a ton, and they just could not get it done. They could not block Max Crosby. They couldn't do anything. They legitimately just couldn't do anything. And if that's what the Sean Payton era is going to look like with Russell Wilson, their 10 years both might be short with that team. Well, it should be a good one, I think, here at uh, Highmark Stadium. Uh, Like we said, Buffalo looking to bounce back after a rough loss. Josh Allen, three interceptions, all to Whitehead in this one. Cook. I liked what I saw. Going back to what you said, Alex, I want to see more out of him here. 12 carries, 46 yards from him. That I want to see them do more of what they were doing as far as getting him outside. Not running him in between the tackles, but you know, getting him out in space. Flanking it out to him. I want to see more of that this week. I think a heavy dose of Cook uh, would help quite a bit. Um, I think we saw a little too much out of Deontay Hardy. and I'm not trying to knock against him too much, but I, I thought we saw a little bit too much cuteness, if you will, out of Ken Dorsey's offense that, you know, like I like you said, Alex, I'm going to see, you know, Josh Allen out there playing catch, those short throws, sustaining drives, moving the ball down the field. We saw Buffalo, you know, the last four years with Josh Allen, then march the ball with long, sustained drives. We didn't see that at any point. I think that's a big factor in this one is Buffalo's ability to go ahead and sustain drives, milk clock, and come away with points. I couldn't agree more, Brad. It's one of those times where the Bills really shot themselves in the foot. Um, and, you know, it was it was the Josh show, right? It's that, that typical feeling he gets when he feels like the world's on his shoulders, where he feels like all the pressure's on him. In actuality, it's not. You know, that's why you play with 11 guys on the field. That's why you have 10 other teammates is, you can put those guys, hey, I'm not, I don't have to put the game on my back because there's 11 other people or 10 other people playing with me on this field. And you know what? I got to rely on them. And that's what I don't think Josh did, unfortunately so. Well, it's going to be a fun home game. I know, uh, Alex, you and I will both be in attendance for this one, along with an attendance for this game. The legend for this week is former Bills linebacker Takeo Spikes, a guy who I loved. I loved when they signed him from the Broncos. Uh, you know, if I had more control over my money back then, I was pretty young. My parents, you know, kept a good eye on my spending that I probably would have gotten a Spikes jersey. I'm looking forward to having that guy in town this weekend. 
I'll tell you what, if the Bills put out a Takeo Spikes jersey in the store, I don't know. It, it would probably sell out. Takeo Spikes was one of the most fun. Him and London Fletcher together, oh, yes. they were one of the most fun linebacker duos I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I would absolutely love that this weekend. So like we said, a 1 o'clock kickoff coming up from Highmark Stadium this weekend. Um, you know who actually kind of reminds me of Takeo Spikes a little that? bit and how he plays? Matt Milano. That, yeah, like, yeah. Takeo Spikes was very much read, react, and then he would just fire at the ball. Milano does that quite a bit. He's a guy who flies the ball. The James, uh, the Dalvin Cook tackle in the backfield is one that made me think of that. He literally just read it perfect, hit the hole, shot through, laid out Dalvin Cook. And to me, that was always, at least in when I was younger, you know, I was watching that team when I was really young and watching them, you know, watching him and London Fletcher play together was always so much fun. Uh, Matt Milano also picked off a poorly thrown ball from uh, Zach Wilson, uh, returned it to the 35, got called for taunting. What do you think he said standing over him there? Here's the ball back. Oh, yeah, Matt Milano's, you know, a lot of fun. He's an anchor in this one. No shocking here. Terrell Bernard led all Bills uh, with tackles in this one, 11 tackles for those solo. Matt Milano was right behind him there. Um, but, you know, I like what we saw out of Bernard. I want to see, you know, maybe more rotational. See, see Rap get some more reps in this one. Um, it'll be curious, too. Um, and I had someone speculate that uh, DeMar Hamlin – didn't dress in this one because they really want his unveiling to be in front of a home crowd. I guess I could see that here, but I could see if they dress him this week, I'd love to see, you know, some of their youth rotate in. Because let's face it, there was times uh, where Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer really looked their age uh, last week that I want to see some of the youth go ahead and rotate in. Yeah, I don't hate that either, Brad. I, I think... To be honest, Taylor Rapp might have Loki had the worst game of the Bills, um, according to the PFF grades. If yeah. you believe in those type of things, which, you know, uh, it, PFF grades are always difficult simply for the fact that you're trying to break down a sport that a lot of these guys don't know as well. You know, when you're in the huddle and you're in the game plan and you're like, hey, if I see a... If I see a coffee house, what I think is going to be a coffee house done, we have a different call than if I think it's going to be, you know, an outside rush. And a lot of times those guys can't judge those little minuscule calls because they're not in the rooms with the players. But you know what? It, it still sort of spoke to the game he had in general that he had the lowest grade by far of Bills. Final thoughts going into this week's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to be, it's the get right game, right? This is a classic college football game where you had a tough loss the week before to a divisional opponent and the Bills need to come in here and make a statement. They need to come in and say to the rest of the NFL, we are still Super Bowl contenders because if this game is close or they end up losing, there's going to be a lot of questions happening across the board and rightfully they should be. All right, well, Looking forward to this one very much. It is a home opener. 
We'll see what weather is like. There's storms in the forecast. I heard the meteorologist Patrick Hammer here in Buffalo speculate that there could be a possibility that there's lightning that would require them to empty out the entire stadium for duration this one. So forbid. Uh, right now it's just beautiful skies here in the south towns of Buffalo that I hope that's the same weather-wise going into this one. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Find us online at drafthousesports.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Find us across uh, Twitter at DHS Buffalo at Bills Bruiser at TW Callahan. Get set, Bills Raiders, 1 o'clock from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Available on Spotify, Odyssey, Prime Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. An R Street Media production.